Ho, ho, ho. Open up your door. I'm Santa Claus, and guess what, y'all? I got something to show. What's good, hip hop? Uh, you got Rob D in the place to be back again for episode 14, getting ready to wrap up uh, season one. Uh, tremendous shout out to the hip hop community. Shout out to all of our fans, followers, supporters, everybody watching the Dickie A2 movement expand and broaden. And what I did for this episode is I wanted to bring back the original three uh, that got us into this from the beginning. So I brought back some familiar faces. I brought back uh william the emperor boyd in the house and i also brought back my boy frankie uh frankie how <laughs> you getting mad at me frank k dog catch him in the house once again as well too so gentlemen welcome back once again uh can y'all hear me we good indeed all right frank we good dog yeah, right, there we, we go there we go all right yeah, well we gentlemen go. thank you back once again um so this week, ladies and gentlemen out there, uh, we're going to be talking about the one and only Kumo D, or his government name goes by Mahandas Deweez, uh, and that's his government name. We're going to be talking about him, his impact on hip-hop, his contributions to hip-hop, and a little bit of the downfall of his career in hip-hop also. We'll talk about those three elements uh, for this week's episode. So uh, we're just going to jump right into it. So I got a couple of accolades. going to roll the car screen here for you guys real quick. Um, so one of the biggest accolades that he has is he does have a Grammy Award uh, for his work on the On the Block Project uh, with Quincy Jones. And he is the first hip-hop artist to perform on the Grammy Award show. So he has broken barriers for throughout through hip hop and he got his start with uh, the Treacherous Three. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the Treacherous Three, the Treacherous Three consisted of uh, Kumo D, Spoonie G, DJ Easy Lee, and LA Sunshine. And then Special K came in afterward to replace Spoonie G because Spoonie G was making some noise kind of on his own. So he left the group and then replaced him with Special K. So that is the Treacherous Three. Uh, they appeared in a bunch of early hip hop movies to include the one I introduced the show with, one of my favorite hip hop movies, which is B Street, right? So they were in B Street, they were in Wild Style, they were in a battle um, on Graffiti Rock, which is another old school uh, show they had against run dmc which i want to talk about to my homeboys about that here in a little bit uh and some consider modi as the intellectual hip-hop he went to college he has a vocabulary that is massive i um, mean use that to his advantage and he had uh three albums considerably in the 80s uh, the self-titled album which sold 300,000 copies how You Like Me Now, which is a shirt I got on here, uh, was his uh, only platinum successful album, and then which came out in 87, and then he had Knowledge is King, which came out in 1989, which was gold, but that has my favorite song of Modi, which is uh, I Go to Work, or I Go to Work was on there, and that was produced by the one and only legendary Teddy Riley, so... Let's jump into this, you guys. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you once again for hanging out with me and your boy. And we're going to jump into the discussion. I'm passing the mic to William the Emperor Boyd first. So, I want to touch on first, Boyd, about the history of Modi. So, how would you explain Modi and the history of how he got started with his rap career? So, Modi was one of those interesting chameleons. He started out in the 70s, you know, when you know, things like block parties and, you know, battles, you know, Sam first started to gain prominence, you know, he came up in the era, 
he was like on the tail end of the Grandmaster, you know, Grandmaster Fury, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, uh, Curtis Blow, you know, the Run DMCs. He was in that era. So he, fortunately and unfortunately, he happened to be at a point where he kind of bridged the gap between old school and the, the cusp of new school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he was in, he was with the Treacherous Three. And they made a lot of noise, and they did like one last album in the '80s. You know, what I'm saying just before he went uh, solo. Right. And I guess you could always see that he would, you know, he would be the one to kind of step out. You know, what I'm saying. But you know, they had they had a modicum of, of success. But yeah. Bodhi, he's got a degree in communications, if I'm not mistaken. And the man yeah. is one of the one of his hallmarks. He's exceptionally, uh, he's exceptionally crisp with his delivery. He enunciates and pronounces his words like exceptionally well. You know, there was no slurring, no anything. He wanted to make sure every syllable was understandable. And he, he, he throw that word historian around. He was truly a hip hop historian. And he at one point felt that, that LL and Rakim took his style, which in retrospect, when I look back at it, he might have, I, I think it was one of those things where he might have fooled himself, you know, he might have thought they took his style. And I think what it is, is he wasn't old school in the same sense of, you know, <laughs> yeah. he he had these multi-layered rhyme schemes. And as LL and Rakim came out with their own style of flow, I think he didn't, he didn't quite get it that, hey, that's the evolution. And you aren't the only one to think about it. So, you know, that's that's the case. But Modi is is definitely like he's one of the pillars that cats nowadays may not even remember or know about, you know what I'm saying? You know, they stand on the back of. So Yeah, no doubt. Frank, same question, man. So what was a little bit about the the history of uh Cool Modi, you know, coming up in the uh, and during that transition phase between, and what I would think, you know, just to kind of caveat to what Boyd was saying, uh, him and the Treacherous Three were like the the first, what I want to say, intellectual hip hop kind of group, like using like words and patterns and rhyme schemes where everything was kind of simplistic, you know, boom, 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 boom. And but there was, Modi was able to put syllables and words together. You'd be like, oh my god, like who even thought about doing? And that that rapid fire pace. He is a godfather, you guys, if you didn't know, of the rapid fire. Yeah pace and, and hip-hop so frank same question what yeah. about uh kumo d's impact in the uh in the 80s there yeah you, you brought up a good point like yeah he, he was like the, the fast rhyming he was he was one of the first um but what, what intrigued me about about him is you know he, he was you know i mean he still is uh, very intelligent but at the same time though um in 81 when he went at busy b at that at that little party on sixteen, like he he really brought the um yeah the battle rap in, in into play. Now I'm sure there was yeah. there was rappers that probably battled before them, but that was yeah. like the first one that that I'd ever heard of. And when I went back, you know, when when I was younger and watched it, man, dude, dude was serious. Yeah, it was yeah, serious. It was a plan. And, no, um, it was a plan. But yeah. but he was just so um and and, and even this uh, yesterday I went back and listened to a couple. You know, like when him and LL were beefing in, uh, for those seven or eight years. And, um, you know, LL's my guy. Kumo D ain't touching LL. But when I heard it again yesterday, I was like, man, you know, man, his vocabulary. And, man, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it's me. And I never, I, and I never, you know, like, 
um, coming up listening to it, like I said, you know, I had all the LL tapes, and then, hey, Kumo D's talking about LL, so I'll go out and get Kumo D's tape. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's kind of whack. That's kind of whack. But listening to it again, I'm like, man, Kumo D, dude, I think, man, I think in today's uh, day and age, man, hey, if, if he would have battle rap, dog, hey, you know, back in his, you know, if it was Kumo D from his prime, I, man, I think he would have brought it, man. That, like, I, I was kind of impressed. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I thought the same thing. So when I went back this week as well, you know, we always do our, our, our homework and research before we tape, you know what I mean? Uh, and I went back and was like, oh, oh, I got to yeah. think about this. Like, uh, <laughs> OD was kind of coming at him kind of hard, though. But I, I still think I would give the edge. So I guess it depends on, like, when you think about a, a boxing match, right? You think about Styles, Styles win fights, right? So when right. you're LL, you know, LL had the, the braggadocio. He was really witty. He already had, to me, it's almost as the equivalent to, uh, like, if Jay-Z took on, like, a small beef or with somebody. He, his, his success was so up high. Like, he didn't yeah. even need to take the beef, but he fed into it. And it made them both successful. You know what I mean, which which brings me to my next point, which I pass the mic back to uh, to Boyd on this one. How you like me now? Came out in November of 1987, the platinum success behind uh, the safe self-titled uh, song "How You Like Me Now." Uh, one of my favorites, Wild Wild West, or some of the other uh, classics on there. But when you go back and listen to it, it, it really wasn't a good album, I don't think. But I want to talk about this with you boys. So transitioning from How You Like Me Now to Knowledge is King. He both had, both albums uh, had Teddy Riley, but I think, how do you think that Modi evolved as an MC? So he, he came up with How You Like Me Now, right? He goes, uh, uh, you know, thought the MCs could never rock crowds, could never write uh, records, you know, How You Like Me right. Now. That's what he's trying to say, you know what I mean? Like, you know, thought the MCs were one dimensional. You know, he, he thought he felt he was not one dimensional, yeah. but I think that he is one dimensional. So what do you, what do you think about that with that transition from how you like me now to knowledge is King and releasing August of 89? Well, first his, um, his manager, uh, Lavaba, I think he was, he was originally an MC and they, they, you know, sparked a friendship. Yeah. So they went and started their own. Um, I forgot the name of the company, but anyway, Teddy Riley was just starting out himself. So he was coming to coming into his own. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you listen on the How You Like Me Now album, there are a lot of James Brown influences. In fact, yeah. throughout yeah. his career, there's a lot of James Brown samples. So Kumo D, he showed some some diversity, you know, and it was funny because in his videos, you know, much like his flow, there was a certain level of regal you know regal like braggadocio mm -hmm. and uh, he wasn't as humble you know what i'm saying he wasn't exactly yeah. humble you know what i'm saying the man no, knew no. that he was telling <laughs> however not even a little bit no not even a little bit stiff. there was very little leeway in there but i'll tell you what how you like me now had classics like go see the doctor but yeah you also have to keep in mind <clears throat> 87 bigger and deffer was out yeah now bigger and deffer you know what i'm saying uh, LL was out, like, he was competing with, like, my, your Michaels and Princes, you know what I'm saying, as far as pop culture recognition. Correct. <clears throat> Mo D on the How You Like Me Now album, and it's so it's so classic. He had LL's Kango at the back tire, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. that ended up itself, you know what I'm saying, it was enough to instigate some beef. 
Yeah. And I think what it was was it was similar but less effective to the way that Pusha T lured in your boy Drake. Yeah. And then slaughtered him later. See, right. Modi couldn't do that because, like you like you alluded to, LL was too big. Yeah. Uh, he was too popular. You know, ladies yeah. love Cool James. Oh my goodness, the dude was off the charts. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But him beefing with LL made them both better. You know what I'm saying? Now the transition <clears throat> get to the other part, part of the point. The transition from how you like me now to knowledge is king. Oh my goodness, it was exponential. Yeah. It's exponential. Like the production and sound quality from radio to bigger and deafer. That's that was the night yeah. and day aspect. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you like them both, but it's like, man, knowledge is king. Uh, he just like you said, I go to work with the whole James Bond, you know. Oh like man, that video is dope, man. Go back it and is. watch I Go to yeah. Work video. It's dope, man. It's dope even today, yeah. 2020. I was watching it this week. I was like, that's a dope ass video, man. Like for it real. Is. Like I could watch that video. <laughs> it's dope. Just uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I to go to your point, Boyd. Um, yeah, the, the sound is different. Teddy Riley was just, you know, in the beginning of New Jack Swing, and exactly, and yep. To to make it so bad, which which is going to bring me to my last point here in, in a little bit, the demise of Kumo D, and and I'm, I would definitely want to hold on to that because he wasn't as successful after Knowledge Is King because Teddy <laughs> Riley wasn't available to produce the album, and then that's kind of where most of our great. <laughs> 80s artists end up happening you transition into the next decade and you kind of get lost in the shuffle but frank i'm gonna pass the mic to you again sir on this one so same question but in a different context so when you think about how you like me now and knowledge is king which one what is your your favorite song on both albums and what is the contrast between the two well before i get into that um yeah on his demise right yeah the after Knowledge is King came out, like his next two records, man, they were terrible. Yeah. But I want to say for some weird reason, I'm thinking like in 93, 94, 95, I thought he had another platinum album out. But I may be, I don't What's know. I have to go back and look at that. No, uh, not that yeah, I'm aware I mean, of. Now, I, we can go back and roll it. Another album, still... it didn't go platinum. Yeah, well, yeah he, he made okay. records, but they, didn't, right. they were not nearly as successful no. as he was in the 80s. Not even close. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, he fell out. I don't know. For some, maybe I made that up in my head, but I was thinking like his... Second or third album after Knowledge is King. I, 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 for some reason, man, I, I don't know the name. Okay. But it's sticking in my head, but I, yeah, we'll, we'll look at that again. But, yeah, um, no doubt. So, now, keep, him, keep yeah. in mind, Frank, he dropped his greatest hits in the 90s, and that did, did spark some interest. He did, yeah. Like, I want to say right after Knowledge is King was when he dropped the greatest yeah. hits album. Yeah, like right after that. So, that, so that might be so what I you're want, talking about. Okay, yeah, it might be. Okay, yeah, let's get off that. But uh, yeah, my... um. I go to work like a doctor, man. That's that man. That whole beat, man. That I love that song. My, that's my favorite song as well. Yeah. Um, and dude, th those two albums. Uh, How you like me now, though? I, I think out of all of his, his, well, all three that we're talking about in the '80s, man, that was my favorite, man. Um, for some strange reason, go see the doctor, man. I love, I, man. I don't know. It's, I know it's kind of corny, but um, dude, that, that was my favorite jam. But my all-time, um. I go to work. That's my all-time favorite Kumo D song. Yeah, man, number what one. What about they want money, man? That was hot. Okay, so, yeah. So let's talk about that, yeah. right? So when you talk about they want money, yeah, he was getting a lot of heat over that. Over that, man, he was getting a lot. Of, I, I don't think he could put that. Could he put that song out now in 2020? I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't know if you can get away with it. Yeah, it's winning, it's winning the way things are now. But I mean, yeah, I'm telling you. 
women just all they want to take everything except for your damn draws like i'm like mm-hmm. oh man like i think the song the song maybe but not the video not the video i don't even think the song even though man i don't, yeah, I, I don't know yeah i don't know man like I, I i couldn't see myself trying to sing that song and me like you know looking over at my wife like, <laughs> <laughs> but but you have to understand nowadays in this climate of mumble rappers just anything goes man yeah well, you know, that, it, dude, it, it's funny that 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 time in the '80s, man. Like they they said a lot of man. Just yeah, you're right. A lot of stuff that was said can't be said today. Yeah. Like uh, look look at the Fresh Prince. Uh, uh parents just don't understand when he yeah. said, you know, yeah. girl was a 12 year old runaway. If you said that today, <laughs> yeah. like man, pedophile. But you know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly, like, man. Oh man. Yeah. So definitely, yeah. definitely not have yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not yeah. have it. Another thing, Frank, you brought For a real. very good point. Uh, Mo D, like Heavy D and the Fresh Prince, they were basically clean, dude. Yeah, they were. Hell, they even were. LL right. was to a degree back in the day. Yeah, yeah matter of fact. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Mo- matter of yeah. fact, if yeah. you if you if you look at Mo D's interviews, Mo D didn't drink. Mo D didn't smoke weed. He didn't do drugs. Like he and he, yeah. from my understanding, I don't know if he's even married or has any kids. Like he just was. I don't think he does. Very, very to himself. Very introverted and. Yeah. Some of the things that you read about about Modi, why he wears those those uh like like uh, Star, Star, Star the Star Trek, Trek shades, right? I was trying not to go there, man. I was trying, man, but but he wears uh, his shades because um you know he had a he had a rough uh growing up, and then he saw his mom yeah. and dad have abusing drugs, and saw his you know he just he just and that was what he shielded like his yeah like his persona, you know what I mean? So he yeah. used the shield for himself. So there's a story behind it, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if it was a good look for hip hop, but. I want to get into this next section, you guys. So before we wrap things up with Kumo D and his demise. So Frank, I'm going to start with you on this one, man. Like, where did he go wrong? Where did Kumo D, why is he not a the superstar that he could have or should have been? What I think. He should have been a superstar, but he didn't. So what happened? What, what do you think would happen with that? LL Cool J. <laughs> Don't spit your drink out. <laughs> No, I, right. I held like, it. Like, I'm a thug, dog. I held like, it. Like, <laughs> man, I don't know, man. Like, like I said, man, he's he seems like he'd be such a great battle rapper, but man, he just brought on so much beef with so many different people, man. And yeah, and um, and, and you know, then toward the end of the '80s, gangster rap was coming out, and you know, like we always talk about that shift, and I think it shifted, and and he he just kept that same style, like. Like, you know, you ain't in the treacherous three no more in 79, man. That's the 90. Like, I just, I just don't think he could adapt, man. And uh, he had the vocabulary, the articulation, you know. Yeah. He, he did have somewhat of a little, like, um, kind of like a street element to him. But he just couldn't put them all, all together. And, 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 and yeah, I just don't think he really could evolve with the time, you know. And uh, and I just think the beast caught up with him too, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely battled. Really, really a lot of those battles yeah. he couldn't. He couldn't get out of it. I mean, depending upon who you ask, uh, he, you yeah. know, he, he may have won the battle with LL. He may have lost. But I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on this one, Frank. I think if you look at it bar for bar, I don't, I don't know, yeah, man. I know. I, I, think, I know. I think it's closer than people think it is. But that's I, I think today, I, today. I, hey, I, yeah, I think today, like, it is closer than what I thought yeah. it was before. But Bar for bar, I yeah. Know. I, I yeah, don't know, it's, man, yeah, yeah. it's close, no doubt. Yeah. Boyd, same question, man. Kumo D and his demise. So where 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 did where did he go wrong? Why is Kumo D not considered a hip hop superstar? He's just considered, you know, an, an icon or a uh, you know, not really a 
um, like an, an image. We're talking about him. We're giving, we're paying him homage. Kind of like um, in the brand new mode. Yeah. 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 Good point. Well. Yeah. I'm a, uh, first of all, I want to agree with you both. Bar for bar, the battle was closer, and I get that. Even yeah. back then, I knew. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to analyze the words, the wordplay, and everything. And what it came down to was the flow, you know what I'm saying? But we've already addressed that. So basically, we we mo- most people know that yeah, the battle was a little closer than you know expected. But LL's yeah. bombast, you know, won the day. And even now, yeah. you go back, and I think a lot of people underestimated LL's intelligence. But if you go back and listen to the the, the go back and listen to radio and bigger and deafer and just listen, you know what yeah. I'm saying? LL was actually pretty freaking intelligent. Yeah. So. As far as, in as much as Kumo D's demise goes, a lot of things happen. Um, the availability of Teddy Riley, because Teddy Riley was becoming, you know, more popular. Yeah. And, and un, an unforeseen aspect of that was as the New Jack Swing became more popular. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just like caught wildfire. You know what I'm saying? So the thing is, it became more akin to like Guy and you know your Christopher Williams your Alexander Hamilton type of, not Alexander Hamilton Alexander O'Neill and Bobby you, Brown Bobby even. Brown yeah Janet Jackson you know what I'm saying yeah and like Frank alluded to Kumo D couldn't adapt or didn't adapt now no. his own hubris was part of the reason you know what I'm saying for his downfall because he I don't think he placed as much stock in Teddy Riley's production as as he should have because you know as he clowned uh as he clowned uh, ll in in let's go and talked about marley marl's beats he should have been calling marley at that time because marley was kind of hot yeah what he should have done was step back take a look at the entire scene because like frank alluded to gangster rap was coming in you know what i'm saying you had guys like him heavy d fresh prince and heavy d navigated that fairly well yeah. Where he never, Heavy D never really fell off. He just kind of, you know, faded, you know what I'm saying, to a degree, yeah. depending yeah. on, you know, yeah. what the deal was. But Heavy D was multifaceted. So Mo D, I think his hubris kind of caught up to him. I don't think it was, yeah. you know, Two I don't point. think it was yeah. arrogance. I just think it was more <clears throat> hubris. And I don't think he, I don't think he saw the entire picture as well because I think he transitioned into the 80s very well, but it was just, it just wasn't. It was unfortunate at the time, yeah. Because yeah, if he's been given maybe one more year to like, I don't know, develop a little bit more and alternate his styles a little bit more, he needed to grow. He needed to grow, and he didn't. He stagnated. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. And yeah. he was also he had a kind of slightly Afrocentric vibe. You know what I'm saying? Because he was coming up with the you know the Chuck D's. The yeah. ice teas, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. the big daddy canes. He was in that era, but unlike them, he didn't make the transition. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, he kind of fell off. And then you see him in like certain movies and everything. I think he was a, a sheriff in that movie Old School, I think yeah. it was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. he's so, uh... he's he stayed, you know, somewhat relevant. <laughs> and I think now he has a some sort of a talk show. I didn't get a chance to, you know, check yeah. on that. Yeah. Know. He had, a, he had a he had a um he had a talk show and he also wrote a book so that's why I'm yes. going to close things out. He wrote a book in 2003. 
the 50 greatest MCs of all time. And I took some notes he's down from that book. Yeah, he said he took some notes down from the book, right? He said he was five or something like that. He said he was number five. Yeah. Come on, Modi. You can't tell me, boy, that ain't arrogance. Come on, man. You, Yeah. Who do you have? Grandmaster Flash. He had, so I got the list in front of me. So his top five was Millie Mel, Rakim, KRS One, Big Daddy Kane, and then himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, he put Nas at eleven, Z yeah, at fifteen, Tupac at Ooh. thirteen, and Notorious B.I.G. at number nine. I was like, Bruh. well, now granted, now granted, now this was in two thousand three. I think if he, now, I, I didn't see where Eminem fit in there, and it was a, a big debate this week. I don't know if anybody's going or seen you guys seen anything about that about about Eminem. Yeah. Snoop Dogg, uh, Snoop Dogg not putting Eminem in the top 10. MC top 10, yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, I salute you, my dude. You a G, man, but you're oh, too much, my dude. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't. Top 10? Yeah, Eminem has to be in everybody. Look, you don't have to yeah. like it, but he's got to be top five. Yeah. I, or, or else your, your, your list isn't legit. Yeah, we're going to get into that into another day, man. So I'm, I'm closing the book on that, man. But, uh, but uh, yeah, but gentlemen, I appreciate it. Uh, it's, been a, a, it's always fun hanging out with you guys, my, my dudes, my aces, man, since day one, man. But it's time to roll things up and talk about some shout-outs. So let's talk about that. And we're going to pass the mic to William J. Emperor Boyd. So, Boyd, who are you shouting out this week, man? This week, I want to shout-out the guys that I work with. And they might not even watch the channel, but, you know, I'm going to get them to watch it eventually. But uh, I want to shout out to uh, to everybody, everybody that's doing their, their part for Black Lives Matter. And I'm not talking about the people committing wanton, wanton violence. I'm talking about the ideal. Um, I want to I want to shout out all of our all of our supporters. I want to shout out all of your supporters. You know what I'm saying? I want to shout out hip hop. I want to shout you out. I want to shout out Frank. You know what I'm saying? I'm just feeling in a great mood. And lastly, I just want to say I'm at a stage in my life now where I feel like when I was younger and someone would tell me, count your blessings, part of me would say, well, let me add them all up. But the other part of me, even as a kid, would say, I think I know what they mean. They, they mean yeah. be grateful. But until you actually get to a point where you realize just how well you have it in comparison to like people less fortunate, it just doesn't have the same, you know, the gravitas, yeah. the same weight. So I just want to say, be grateful, stay humble, keep doing it, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Great shout outs. Frank K dog, my boy from back in the day. Who you shout out this week, family? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggy off Boyd a little bit. I'm, I want to talk about my coworkers as well. Um, so, a couple of our coworkers had uh, some uh, deaths in the family oh. this last week, and everyone else had to step up. And, uh, and, and, and even today, man, like um, like I was telling you before the show, we had an 83 year old homeless lady, man, and, and they got her into an apartment. And some of my coworkers were already strapped at work, you know, and um dealing with veterans and their homelessness but hey we all jumped in and helped them move and got her set up so you know uh you know none of us had to do that but man i appreciate my co-workers for for helping out um i want to i want to talk about the sports world little by little we're getting back into it man i i feel like i feel like football season's coming 
And I want to shout out a guy, Malik Boyton. He was uh, he was with me at Austin P. Hey, this guy has been through it, man. Before he went to college, he was homeless. Uh, his his mom passed away when he was, you know, getting ready to start college. Uh, four years, put in the work. He had a tryout last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did not get a a contract offer. He's now up in uh, up uh, up in the CFL in Toronto, and. Man, this guy just wants to do good. He works his butt off. And I just hope that, you know, football season come, you know, it's not cut short because of, the, you know, the pandemic. And I hope he can go up there and showcase his talents. Uh, he, he's a great guy, overcome a lot of adversity in his life. And, and you know what? And, hey, you talk about, you know, hey, be thankful for your blessings. You know, there was many days in his life he probably didn't have a lot of blessings, but he didn't let us stop him, you know? No, no. He kept going. So, hey, I'm, 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 I'm hoping Malik can – uh. You know, I, I hope he can do well up there. And then lastly, man, I'm going I'm to I'm shout out y'all, man. We, we've been together since. Hey, we've been together since, man, when Kumo D was battle rapping. Look, hey, this channel's getting out of control, man. I, I just love, man, seeing all the love and the support. And what's really crazy is one thing we said that, that we said on a few episodes, we noticed some of the the – Artists in the 80s couldn't adapt to the 90s. Yeah. And I am so excited Woo. to get the season done. And I don't even know Bruh. what you have in store for season two, but I know season <laughs> two, we're going to move into the 90s. So it's about to be – we thought season one was crazy. Season That's going to be fire, baby. Oh, it's going to be fire, baby. I can't <laughs> wait. Dude, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. But I appreciate y'all, man. Hey, no doubt, man. My shout-out to Short Man. So first off – um. I don't really have any, you know, anyone in particular to shout out. I just want to shout out everybody. I want to shout out to hip hop. I want to shout out the platform that I've been blessed with. And I want to shout out to my boy, uh, Frank and Will being with me on the journey from the very beginning, man. So shout out to you two, man, because I could not have done this without the help of you guys support, man. And I, I mean that to the bottom of my heart, man. Shout out to my wife, Jessica. I appreciate shout out that, to man. Everybody that's been on board and been on the show, and I can't wait to get to next week. So we're going to transition into next week. Next week, you get the three of us again one last time to close out the season about one of my favorite hip-hop groups, and that is Kid and Play. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. That's going to be a really fun show, the way to wrap up the season. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I'm going to close out the show with you guys is uh, one of my favorite Kumo D verses, uh, which is a little bit relevant to today in 2020. And he was on the song called Self-Destruction with some of the East Coast hip hop stars. Yeah. At the time. And the verse that I remember him saying is, um, I never, ever ran from the Ku Klux Klan, but I shouldn't have to run from a black man. Y'all stay with yep. that. Man. Stay humble. Shout out to hip hop, you guys. All right. We'll see you next week.